listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, everyone. So today is December 17th, 2020. I'm actually sitting in the studio with Terrence Doyle. Terrence, what's up? What's going on, Chris? Just here enjoying a beautiful December day. Excited to talk about your goals and hear about what you're going to do in 2021. Yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. So you've heard on this previous podcast, we are getting submissions or chapter submissions for the next annual edition of our 2021 book. So I'm going to share my goals. Terrence is going to ask questions and clarify. And then the next episode is going to be roles reverse. Terrence going to cover his goals. I'm going to ask him questions. So kind of jumping into it, and this is my outline for the 2021 book as well. So my outline here, I start off with writing recession equals opportunity. Now, back in uh, you know January, I was not expecting a recession like anyone else. No one had COVID pandemic on the radar. But once, what, March 15th hit, it became real. And I learned from the 2008 meltdown that while recessions hurt, they're always create, there's always opportunities in there. And I think there's some like amazing opportunities. If I could go back and just buy a bunch of real estate and stocks and back then, hey, great. You just, you know, the market gives you that. So, hey, when a recession happens, what opportunities are out there that I can go on the offense and take advantage of? So I paused, or not that paused, but, you know, COVID for about those eight weeks there, that initial shutdown, our, our business basically hit the pause button, uh, work from home and said, hey, what, what, what can I do here? Let me, let me assess things. So the first thing I did was I did a self-financial audit, which was looking at everything I had going on. Actually, one of them was I had a property under contract. And the surprising thing was my wife, who's a veterinarian, great W-2, and veterinarians have always been recession-proof, right? except during a pandemic where you can't be in the same room with people. She got furloughed for about eight weeks, which, which killed the loan on that deal, which was a bummer. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So while that was going on, I did my financial audit, and I wanted to make sure I had all my cash reserves for my business, my personal, my rental properties. That was six months. And I, I was there and then some. And then with the money I didn't invest in that rental property, it actually put me in like that nine to 12 months range for everything. So I felt very good. And it took me, I don't know if you've been in this situation before, Terrence, but it took me a good, I don't know, like week and a half, two weeks to really kind of look at everything, evaluate things, and kind of let the, you know, some of the emotions subside on everything. And then I was like, great. And I felt this mental switch. I was like, awesome. I don't have to play defense. I can play offense because if everything goes against my plan here, I got plenty of cash to survive easily for a year. Worst case scenario, I can go on the offense and take advantage of what other opportunities pop up. So walk me through. I love that you you took what the game was giving you, right? So everything's shutting down. You're not going to force it. Your clients are like, we're not going to buy. Your wife can't get approved for a loan. So you're like, hey, instead of forcing it, I'm going to take what they're giving me and I'm just going to reassess my current situation. So what did that actually look like? You just went through and looked at your personal finances. What are my expenses? How much cash do I have in my personal account? Does it last me six months? And then you went through that for every rental property or was it more detailed than that? No, it was, it was pretty simple. I just sat down and, and looked through all my bank accounts and, you know, for, for our personal stuff, every rental property, for my business account, uh, and just, you know, looked at all the accounts. Hey, what's what's my cash position like to make sure? Because if, if I'm above six months, I feel good. Mm -hmm. If I'm well above it, I feel like, great, I can go out there and play offense, mm -hmm. which is always the way to be right. in business and investing. 
So it was that, and I was like, great, I feel good. And I was like, now let me go out there and look for opportunities. Now, since I don't know my base, I know what my risk tolerance is. Cause it's all about risk to reward. Like I'm still yeah. not gonna take like bet it all for uh, a high reward, high risk. But I will bet high reward, low risk. Right. And those are the opportunities I was looking for. And my three buckets I look at are stock market, real estate, and building a business. Mm-hmm. So for the stock market, I think that's the, for me, I'm not a day trader. I feel like that's the easiest one. And the 2008 meltdown, whenever the stock market tanked then, I actually did a decent job of timing the market. Nice. Um, the thing was, I was playing with like $10,000 back then. So it wasn't a huge chunk of money, but cool. I doubled that money in a year or two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that was when I was trying to do my active day trading. So the same thing is, hey, the stock market's starting to get wonky. It's probably going to dip, which I'm fine with buying into the dip. And actually, right before COVID hit, I'd funded my retirement accounts for 2019 before the april tax deadline i funded uh, my hsa account as well so had a chunk of money in there mm-hmm. i was like okay i'm just gonna start dollar cost averaging as the market takes down so that was opportunity number one and then i was looking at the real estate market obviously and i mean that march to april was very much like holy crap what's gonna happen and right. then like early to mid-may the market just picked back up things opened up and i was like all right the chances of us seeing a, a market downturn or a 2008 repeat is pretty much non-existent. Right. So I'm not going to sit around and wait for like a bunch of foreclosures and, and, and all of this. And that took me, left me back to like the business. So girl, I did my, did my stock market and that was all just my retirement money, real estate, nothing's going to change there. The business, this is where I was like, you know what? This is the big opportunity here because mm-hmm. everyone's watching the COVID news cycles and freaking Tiger King. That was rack when everyone was talking about Tiger King on Netflix. Um, and I was like, great. And I and I I played mental games. And I was like, great. Everyone's doing this. I'm just gonna work, 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 work. Right. And so I started looking for opportunities. And I just said, hey, I got a couple projects on my to do list. And one of them was being the uh, house hacking guy that I did with Joe Massey and Jeff White that got turned to book. I was like, hey, let's just bang this out, record everything, and start working on that content. So that I got a few big projects done that, which is great. But that's not taking advantage of a huge opportunity. That's mm-hmm. taking advantage of, hey, I've got two months of, you know, not stuff I have to do on a day-to-day basis, but it got me just, it gave me time to think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the short term, it's it's done because, I mean, you know, we, our revenue, overall revenue, you know, we're commission-based, uh, April and May was was very, very low, which I was fine with. I was like, cool, we got, we got cash in the bank, the market's not ending, but I want to start thinking about how can I go out there and grow it, and that's where... I'd always wanted to grow the the team and the mm-hmm. firm like something like the Envision Advisors, but that was like, hey, we've got momentum, we got people on do things, we the opportunity. Let's take this time and actually make this work. So I got time to think, right. just time to like think and do nothing, not worry about emails and phone calls and properties to review all the time, and just start mapping things out. And my big opportunity was to grow into the Envision Advisors. Yeah, and I love that, and I think that's something important for everyone to listen to. A lot of people are in different situations and they deal with stress or <clears throat> problems much differently. And I and one of the things I loved about watching, you know, the transition and how much you grew your business, which I think, which I think you're going to talk about here, is that, you know, during March, April, May, instead of sitting on your butt and just going to the beach or, you know, just checking out, you really were focused on, "Hey, what's the what's the opportunity here?" How can I take advantage of it? And what steps can I take every day to double down? Now, you weren't out there buying property, but you were doing something equally, if not more powerful, which was really working on the foundation of your business to be able to scale it. And I just think that's huge. That, and it's a, really a mentality shift. It has nothing to do with capital. It was more about your your mental you know, desk and where you're at 
and what you were thinking. And I think that's a huge lesson to really take out of this year is when there was a downturn and you had free time, what did you fill it with? And you filled it with creating opportunity to grow your business. And for people listening out there who like that message resonates with, there's still opportunity out there. Like oh, this, this yeah. crisis, this recession, it's going to be around for a while. So take that same mentality. And what the two things I'll, I'll repeat, or one was just, I did a financial audit. I felt comfortable going the offensive. I had yeah. cash in the bank. I go on the offensive. Uh, the other thing is I just, I sat down with my wife and said, Hey, here's what's going on. Like I'm going to work more and harder um, just because here's what. And sh she got it. I was like, Hey, we're not going to, we can't go out to restaurants. We, all of our vacation plans, everything's canceled. Right. So yeah. let's just hang out with the family and I'm going to work. Right. So <clears throat> going on to my 2020 goals review, and I just grabbed the main ones from the, the book last year and update the mother-in-law suite uh, where my mother-in-law lives with us, where we right. built out the uh, mother-in-law basement. It is going great. It's very much evolved since my plan two or three years ago on there. Because originally uh, she was going to watch... Yeah. Your children every day, correct? Yeah, the plan, I, I mean, the original plan was, hey, she's going to watch the children every day. Mm. And, you know, watching two kids full-time is very tough. It's just, it's, it's exhausting. exhausting. Yeah, I've done it several times the last week. Yeah. It's draining. Uh, and doing it for a couple years is 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 just very yeah. exhausting. And so, you know, last year, actually a year and a half ago, we put our older daughter into daycare slash preschool, mm. just more for socialization and learning and just, you know, you know we're not good at doing arts and crafts and all this yeah. stuff. So just get that socialization. And then... As a few weeks ago, so she's full-time five days a week, and then she was watching our youngest daughter, uh, who is uh, about 15 months now, full-time, and two weeks, we just started her two days a week part-time. Wow. So it's worked out well that way, because our, our uh, daughter is a, a, a COVID baby. I mean, you know, right. we're like, she was born, we did some stuff in COVID, and she just had no interaction with, except with us, wow. our daughter, our dogs, a few friends here and there, but you know, she's in a bubble. Wow. So we want to get her socialized. So it's, it's worked out well where she's two days a week, give some break from mother-in-law, but overall, like, so from like the financial numbers, wasn't what I expecting, but the quality of life of having her around the, it's great for our kids. She cooks meals for us like five days a week. Wow. Um, so it's still been a net positive. Oh, absolutely. You, right? Not, you know, not on the spreadsheet, but just from like the quality of life. Yeah. And especially for like the quality of our, our daughters, it's been a huge win. Cool. Uh, the hit by a bus scenario, I wrote about this, was just, hey, if I got hit by a bus, what's my family do? I've made some progress on getting everything figured out with my wife, and she understands everything and passwords and accounts. I got more work to do on there, so that is some progress, but I want to get more of that into 2021. My real estate goal is to buy three or four additional rentals. Ended up buying two in 2020. Uh, did not buy the three or four like we talked about, as I, I said, on cash so I could identify mm -hmm. the best opportunity that was growing the business. I funded my retirement accounts like I talked about and just put those in the stock market. And the real estate ride-along show, that was something that... We, were, we worked on. Together. Yes, yeah. we, we worked on. And our goal, because I actually had this written down on all these giant post-it yeah. notes. I went through it all last week and took them down. We had 20 was our goal. Yeah. And we say, if we do 20, we're going like, we said like, we'll go on like Vegas, Vegas trip Vegas, to go baby. celebrate. Yeah. Well, we got 16. And with COVID, Vegas is a little hard. But the thing is there, that, that show evolved. Right. Uh, I mean... We'll talk more about in your podcast, Terrence, but like it was fun, but I think we both underestimated the amount of time and energy it took. Right. And we both got busier with all the other stuff we're doing as well. Yeah. And we could have hit 20. We actually paused it the last two months because we had shows in the queue and we we're working on new strategies and ideas with bigger pockets. But kudos to us for getting 16 because that was a lot of effort. And I think the net effect was positive and we learned a lot about the pr process of producing a show. Oh, I learned it, it was... 
a wonderful college huge, degree. Huge learning experience, yeah. Uh, creating cl- cap collaborative content. So I've got in my book the investment property analysis course, which is the chapters in the 2020 book. Yes. The fix and flip course with Derek Marlin. Yes. The ultimate house hacking guide. Yes. That got published when we started our house hacking mastermind. So all that stuff got yes. Nice. The thing is that it's amazing how it, that was a year ago. It feels like an eternity. Wow. Just some general fitness goals. I had a goal of getting the garage converted, and that is converted. We have it's a th- small three car garage. I got about fifteen by fifteen feet of like commercial gym mats. It's insulated, and actually today I've got a sixty thousand BTU gas heater being installed, so I can hook up to my Nest thermostat, have it go on at four thirty. The garage is warm by five a.m. and and do some early morning workouts. That's huge. I don't know about you, but nice like. Working out at 5 a.m. in 42 degree weather, I I could do it in my 20s, but in my 30s, it's 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 hard. The key is just getting up for me. I mean, 5 a.m. That's the only time I have to get a workout in. So I love that you did that with your garage. It's a lot easier to do that than drive 15 minutes across town to a gym. Nice work. And I shift a lot of my focus on the fitness to actually going from just you know I got and got a rough my my strength routine. I actually mm-hmm. got this bought a couple great programs off of GMB Fitness. I think it's their website. GMB.io is their website. But it's all functional movements because I was getting like, I would work out, but I'd be like kind of that achy sore. I was like kind of that old man feeling. So that was all like body exercise, functional movement, doing somersaults. So you're feeling better? Oh, dude, I haven't felt this good for years. Like I wake up, my lower back's not sore. I'm not stiff anymore. Uh, I just, I feel great. So I took like, I definitely lost some like cardio and strength, but like my flexibility and like the foundation improved a lot. I had a no dad bod goal, a little subjective, but uh, uh, somewhat happy with my progress on there. And then the, the biggest personal development was doing the digital reduction, which was I have had no email on my phone for all year, no social media. It's been amazing. And I got really good at time blocking, not like great time blocking, but I block out a few hours most mornings of the week from like 7 to 9, 7 to 10 a.m., four or five days a week for me just to do some deep analysis or deep content work or deep planning or whatever main projects working on the time. And that's been huge for my productivity. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and the last thing on there, I realized is we had our masterminds written down. I know we're doing one a month. I think we, I think we pretty much hit that. Tracking got yeah, a little we, wonky there during COVID. We got a lot of deep work in yeah. this year. I would say we met more than once a month, but yeah, it was great. I mean, we definitely had that as a goal and I thought it was great. And I got a lot out of it. So that's the, the 2020 stuff. Now, the more important stuff is the 2021 goals. I'm going to keep high cash reserves. I'm very fine. I'd like to keep nine to 12 months for next year is my plan. Even if I miss out on one or two opportunities, I will take that. If, and cash reserves for you is you break it up into buckets of personal. So for your family expenses, you keep nine months of reserves. Approximately, yep. And then for your business, you calculate the expenses, keep nine months of reserves. Yep. And then for every <laughs> rental property, the same thing. Yep. Nice. And it's all just cash from the bank. That's huge. Um, so, so very cash heavy. And if if I come out in a year or two complaining too much cash from the bank, it's a good problem to have. I'll yeah. smile with that complaint during a, a very bad recession while people are hurting. Stock market investing. Uh, again, I'm just going completely passive on here. I'm going to max out my HSA again. That's my part of my retirement, part of my medical emergency fund. So I can, I think, put 7,200 in for this next year for family. And I'll just put in, uh, S&P and bond index funds. And then for my retirement accounts, I'm opening up a new one just through my business. And it's going to be a, not going to be self-directed quite yet, but just an individual 401k is what they call it. 
and I'm gonna start funding it. And then as it builds up the next year or two, kind of depends how quickly I fund it. I'll move it over to some more direct investing into like some real estate investing through like, you know, being a passive investor or loaning out to like a hard money lender, just some different opportunities. I, I see a lot better opportunities in real estate than the stock market right now. So I'll keep all my other stock, my money in the stock market. It's just, that's, that's uh, staying in there until I'm 60 or 70. And how do you break that up? If you have, let's just freeze the number. Let's say you have $10,000 you're going to put away. How do you decide what you're going to put in the stock market versus invest in real estate? Do you have a ratio or how um, does that thought process go for you? So right now what I'm thinking is the, the first money I always invest is into the HSA. That's only 7,000 bucks, so not a whole lot, but that's pure stock market. And the reason I prioritize that is because no matter how, how high your income gets, you get the tax write-off. And then whenever, if I ever need to withdraw it, I can take future funds against past medical expenses and actually write off the expense and, and write it off with no penalty and no taxes. So what no does that mean? You have tax. no health insurance? I have a, a high deductible health insurance. Hmm. Uh, so, so then you pay any... So like when your wife had a baby, you paid for the for all the expenses associated with that from this HSA or you? No, we paid out of pocket. Oh, out of pocket. Because the HSA, because the thing is I paid out of pocket now, when I say in 10 years, I start pulling money out of there, I can say, oh, well, I spent $3,000 on our labor and delivery in 2019. I can deduct it off of future withdrawals. Hmm. And you never pay taxes on there. Wow. According to a, a financial planner on YouTube, so. Hopefully he knows what he's talking about. I, that sounds I, really interesting. I researched and sound right. Cool. So that's just a very I've small I've never edge. heard of that. No. That's great. And then the other stuff beyond that, everything else is going to go into a new account because I've got... Yeah, so you have the first money goes to the HSA. Yep. And then after that, what do you do? So 10000 the first 7200 goes into the HSA. And then you have $2,800 to either real estate or stock market. How would you split that up? Everything else goes into real estate now. It goes into the, the new account that will eventually get funded into real estate. Okay. Yeah. So how do you, what do you allocate to the stock market then? After the 7200 nothing? None right Everything now. goes into real yep. estate? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's just, I've got, you know, old IRAs and 401ks and Roths that are already in the, the stock market. I'm going to leave them as is. But right now I feel like, hey, uh, I, if I invest more into real estate, I feel like I'll get a better return in the next 10 years if I invest in the stock market. Because I'm, that's what I do. When you have more influence and more control and yeah. more knowledge and a competitive advantage, yeah. that's And I have legal inside information I can use. Right. I, know, yeah. I know trends. I know this person. I know that. Like, I can use it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So last year, all that stuff went in the stock market. Now it's just the HSA. And I'm not sure how much I'll put into the retirement account. It just depends on, you know, savings rate and all that stuff. But all that will just go into there. And I think within a year or two, I'll start investing in real estate once it builds up to something significant. Cool. For real estate investing, buy a couple more rentals. So the main goal is to buy one rental next year. I'm not going to go for a big number because my big focus is just continuing to grow the business. That's mm -hmm. where I want to keep, keep my opportunity and keep the cash focused on there. But I always want to take some money off the table put in the stock market, put into rentals, put into retirement and buy one. Hopefully two or three things go well, but just buy one is, is my goal. And when I did my analysis for the goals, I'm basically just over 50% towards my gross rental income goal of $20,000. And I call this my sec uh, security blank is my current term for it. Get to it, pay off those properties. You know, that'll be 12, 13, $14,000 a month in income. That's plenty for mm -hmm. us to live off of or if I get hit by a bus. Right. My family can can survive off a six figure income for you know among everything else, um, and and live a comfortable lifestyle. But the crazy thing on there is that's only across three properties: that's a fourplex and two condos. I'm halfway to the goal. Like you don't need huge numbers, but once I get there, I will then get into playing bigger and you know going for for bigger wins and more creative stuff. Hmm. 
and I'm more interested like long-term stuff getting into like bigger like commercial multifamily properties because I do right now those are the best opportunities for like you know like burying and pulling some money out and doing some value add versus single family and the reality is like you know seeing what you've done and just other people like that's my speed like doing the speed of single family that's just it takes what, a while yeah. it's a lot lot faster multifamily cool buy a property turn one or two units turn one or two units and over a year or two you can reevaluate and that that's my speed what i appreciate about you is that you have a plan and you have goals and you know what you're going to do when you hit those goals and you're not just saying hey i'm going to go look at commercial space or industrial or apartments you're like hey i'm going to start with single family and some small multis i'm going to get to 20,000 or whatever the number is and then once i hit that i'm going to start paying down the debt and then what's that it's done. I'm going to look at some other larger opportunities, but it's like you have a specific plan that you're intentional with. You can see it. You look at it every quarter and that's huge. You know, it's, you are very methodical and organized with what you're trying to do and you're not swayed by the media or different articles that come out or anything going on, you know, around you. You're just focused on your plan. You know what you're doing. And I think that's huge. And I really respect that. Thank you. It's taken me a long time to get to that point, but have a plan, stick to it, and realize it's That's going huge. to evolve. Yeah, and, and be patient with it. Yeah, you know, which is what you're saying. You're not, you're not getting impatient and trying to rush the process. You're like, hey, I'm going to start with these properties. Maybe I'll buy one this year. I'm going to be patient, and wait for it, and then I'm going to get closer to my twenty thousand dollar a month number. And once I hit that, I'm going to start paying things down. And then down the road, some point, I'll look at commercial properties. And it's just a stepping stone, you know. Yep. And that's the way it should be. And the other thing, I mean, we talk about this just, just being patient. And the thing is, like, I, I enjoy the game. Like, everything I do, or, I mean, 95% of everything I do, I enjoy it. I right. love it. And, like, cool, I'm going to not hit the goal and retire. Just, I got to do something. Like, I enjoy this. And this yeah. is a game I can play for the next 40, 50 years of my life. <clears throat> so moving on to uh, business plans for 2021. And there's a little more detail for us, all the uh, goals and future plans for Envision Advisors. As we've talked about, just the whole scaling thing, like it's made me realize, hey, there's a lot more opportunity to scale and just think bigger and mm -hmm. think longer. I, I I say it, I'm always I'm always challenging myself to think bigger and think longer and how can I get better at this? Because it's just, again, it's a game. Right. So one of my... Actually, before I get into that, let me talk about this. So before I get into this, the, so the immediate goal I want to do here, you know... Terrence and I are both fans of Gary Vee, uh, and there's his, you know, his marketing and a lot of his business philosophies. And my favorite three-word quote from him is document, don't create. Mm -hmm. And the podcast does a good job of that, but I feel like outside of my still like there's so much other stuff where we have great conversations or great things where I'm gonna just document all this. So a, a big goal is to get a lot better at documenting that. And this will feed into a lot of the future plans for us, some stuff that we're gonna talk about, Terrence. But re or uh I'll say rebuilding the podcast studio into a video studio. So it'll be a podcast, video, and live streaming studio. So full lights, camera equipment, all the other junk you need in there, and actually build out this into a full different studio, which you're helping out with, Terrence, and then build it into a, what, what would you describe it as? Just an underground New York whiskey bar, just super raw, dark, and I think it's going to create a great atmosphere to produce some awesome content, and I'm super excited to be a part of it and to see how it turns out. So stay tuned. You'll see some photos of it and videos of it, and you'll see a lot of it. And we're hopefully have it all done by by the end of the year. And that's just going to allow us to create a lot more content, document it, and then on top of there, hiring a full time videographer and editor. I want to also go out there and hire a social media manager. Mm -hmm. So if anyone out there wants to come work with us, come do a lot of work with me, and you know how you know the basic social media. 
you know the basics of content creation, you like the style we do, you're familiar with like the Gary V stuff and things like that, please reach out to me. I have a separate, I will have a separate podcast with more details, but I want to find someone here in the very near future that can spend time in the studio with us as we document, create the content, catalog it, help repurpose it, help caption content, and just do a better job of getting video out there and also social media and just getting more written word. So if any interest in that, let me know because it's a great opportunity. I'm doing that with a few people right now who are there, they're working for, you know, jobs for me, but they get to sit in on conversations like we're having now. They get to meet all sorts of great people and it's an amazing stepping stone in their learning or their career. And it's a good win-win. So if you know anyone or that's you, reach out and check the details. So getting on to like more of the business goals, the quote I pulled for this year, and this is one of the ones I always focus on, and this is from John Wooden, the best competition I have is against myself to become better. Now, I was telling you, Terrence, before this, I've, I've been misquoting that, at least directly, but the essence I've had in the last 20, 25 years of my life on that is, is envisioning John Wooden in the locker room with his team saying, hey, don't, you're not playing the team across the court, you're playing yourself. Play the, be the best you can against yourself, be better than you were yesterday, help your teamers out and win. And that's the way you truly win. You're going to lose some game, but overall you're going to win more in the long run. And that always struck with me, or stuck with me, because I mean, I mean, I don't know, how many championships did he win? It was like... 11 or I mean, something. Some absurd Un- number. Yeah. And like, just a couple more years in that. It was just absurd what he did. And so that's always been one of my principles for everything I've done. And, for, and so in, in terms of business, I've had people ask me, well, you give all this content away for free. Like, aren't you afraid other people will steal it? I say... No, like it never crosses my mind because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not competing against them. I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm just like, I'm competing against myself to be better. And what I'm worried about is the customer. Can I give the customer or the client the best, most unique, valuable experience? If I can, I will win that way. The business will win and the client wins that way. I'm worried about the customer, not the other people competing against me. Does that make sense? Or No, I love it. I mean, I was just coming from a sports background. I've read... I think most of John Wooden's books, I've looked up to him since I was a little kid. There's so many amazing stories about him. He's got incredible quotes. I think this is definitely one of them. I think you did it a lot of justice here and your, the, the context you're putting it in. And I think his message to his team was just compete against yourself, focus on being the best version of yourself every day at practice, every day in the game and winning every possession. And I think that's what you're trying to say. And I love it. And I think that's huge. You know, and I think that's a great message for people on your team, brokers on your team of, Hey, compete against yourself. Don't worry about the broker next to you. Worry about, you know, your pipeline, what you can focus on, how you can be more diligent, how you can be more effective at communicating, how you can create more content. And that's how, that's really one of the things that I try and look at for myself every day and every year is, hey, what can I do to get better? Forget about what people around me are doing. What can I do that I can control to get better? And that's the only thing that really matters. I agree. You said it's control. What can I control? Right. I can control my actions. You can control your actions. I can't control what other people do. 100%. I can't control interest rates. I can't control the market. I can't control when people call me, but I can control my attitude. I can control my discipline. I can control being prepared, having the right amount of reserves, and being ready for when the phone does ring. So a big part of that, and this is part of the rebrand with the Envision Advisors, is the whole portfolio analysis. And we've done podcasts on here, but in a nutshell, it's to help people win at Real Life Monopoly. And that is helping people track their rental portfolio, look for inefficiencies, optimize it, and also look for opportunities on, hey, can I cash out refi? Should I pay it off? Should I sell in 1031? And actually track people towards that their goals of their 10,000 NOI goal, 15,000 NOI goal. 
And that's going to be, I feel like, the the ultimate value I can give because I don't see it anywhere else in the marketplace. And this is going to be great for current clients. And I also want it for myself and my family. And then it's going to be a huge stepping stone to other plans we have for like longer term plans because we're going to get that streamlined and then go out there and go on the offense with it. So a big part of the goal for the first half of 2021 is getting all of our current and past clients through the process with Chelsea, who's, who's running that division. And also just, you know, it's an infant right now. Like there's so much we don't know. We got to get the process down and we got our backend stuff down. We got to get this figured out, this figured out, the process, all this stuff, probably hire one or two more analysts in the first half this year to help, help grow that, but get it figured out um, and really modeled after financial planners on their, their, their process as well. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite things about your business that we've talked about in the last year is that sector of your company of being able to offer real planning from someone that can underwrite your portfolio and tell you where some holes are in your armor, where some areas that you should you could improve, some areas you could create some more liquidity, what to do with that liquidity. Just having savvy, experienced, knowledgeable people that can offer sound advice yeah. in real estate, it's not out there. Now, I've just had to learn it the hard way just by figuring it out, but I've never actually had anyone come through and analyze my portfolio and say, hey, here's some areas that you know are inefficient. Here's some ways you can maximize cash flow, pull out, you know, here's some other things you could do with the equity. So I love that. I think that's going to be tremendous value add. And I think you're really going to separate yourself from, you know, I don't even know how much competition you have, but from any competition by being able to provide that service of just creating disproportionate value for your clients. So I love it. I think thank, it's huge. Thank you. And that's exactly what the goal is. Just create that disproportionate value because mm-hmm. you create value, you build relationships, you build a brand, you win, the client wins. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's good business and it's fulfilling. Yeah. Huge. So, and uh, as another side note on there, you're going to see a lot of content on the portfolio analysis out in 2021. So the other thing is just get the next edition of this, of the book published. And the last couple of years has been called the annual edition of the Denver Real Estate Investing Strategies. Well, with our expansion into Colorado Springs and also going to portfolio analysis, it's going to be renamed the annual Colorado Real Estate Investing Guide or something along those terms. And that way it can be more along Colorado. So same thing, we're going to have all the contributors. So everyone out there, please contribute. But in the beginning section, we'll have uh, Chelsea's working on some great portfolio analysis material. I'm working on a getting started guide to Denver real estate investing. Jenny in the Springs doing the same thing down there for for some more, hopefully some more content and make it an annual guide for, hey, here's the investing overview. Here's the investing overview for these markets. So that will come out March, April, 2021. And in part of giving the great client experience, we just have to rebuild our infrastructure, which is really our CRM. For people out there in the in the marketing world and the the software world, we use Active Campaign as our back office, and it helps with everything from front end marketing, and then for the initial outreach, the onboarding process, to buying a rental property, to the portfolio analysis, to the long term follow up. Like I really want to make it like encompass like the next twenty years of our clients' like financial journeys. And we, I rebuilt it a year and a half ago, and now it's time for a remodel because we grew as an organization. Our staff tripled, yeah, actually tripled last year, or it tripled this year. And so we have new processes. We hit some growing pains, which is always good. Just got to make it more efficient, and that allows us to be more efficient now, give a better client experience, and give us foundation to scale up to the next level. So not fun, but that's going to be a three- to four-month project of just building the, the next floor of our skyscraper. 
Going on down to Colorado Springs with Jenny Bayless. Just continued growing down there. We've had really good success. Jenny's been just the perfect fit down there. She's putting together all sorts of deals, um, helping clients go out there and get properties. So uh, we're going to start looking for a couple more agents in the Colorado Springs to work with Jenny down there. So again, if you're in Colorado Springs and you're an agent, uh, reach out to us and we'll have a podcast out in that out in that uh, out on that subject soon with all the detail. But in the meantime, reach out if you're interested. Something else I realized too, Terrence, with all the you know, we spend so much time talking, hey, you've had this rental property for seven years, cash out refi or do 1031. Well, home prices in Denver, the average homeowner, which is 90% of around Denver, you know, they're not investors, they're homeowners, they're sitting on a ton of equity. Right. And we want to kind of use a combination of a very basic portfolio analysis service on there right. on helping them optimize their property, go out there and sell it. So if you go out there and sell it as is, you know, a lot of people they own the property for 15 or 20 years, lots of equity, but it's outdated. Right. And hey, if you sell it as is, here's the price. If you give it a light cosmetic rehab, here's the price we can sell it for. If you do a full remodel, here's this price and put all the pieces in place in there. Because Lauren on our team, she has a lot of experience in uh, working with that. She used to do a lot of uh, motivate seller and wholesaling down in Texas. Mm -hmm. So she knows it's a similar space. But rather than going for, hey, we're going to buy your house for cash, we're going to help you sell your house for maximum dollar and help you figure out what to do with the funds on the backside. Nice. So we're going to do some um, direct response marketing out there based off of writing a book and also doing some highly targeted online marketing as well. To, uh, to target those homeowners and help them maximize their return on investment. Yeah, there's so many people that have homes, outdated roofs, windows, kitchens, bathrooms, and they just don't have the capital or the relationships to improve it. So then they just end up listing it. So I do think that there's a lot of opportunity in the market for that. I mean, one of our mutual friends, Eric Young, has just made a killing off of that. Yep. And uh, so I, and I, the first time I met him, I was like, dude, I love your model. And I'd never, and this was maybe three years ago, I'd never heard of it before then. So I think there's a ton of opportunity there. And I love that that's something that you're going to focus on. Great. Thank you. Uh, one of the other big, this is a, a bigger, longer term goal is just really getting into commercial real estate. The last year, year and a half, uh, Preston and I have gotten to a lot of uh, doing a lot more deals and commercial. So, Doing some smaller commercial properties, doing five, you know, five to twenty unit apartment buildings. We've had good success there so far, and we think there's an, a huge area we can grow into on there. And our long term goal here is to really take the portfolio analysis once it's dialed in, so maybe second half of next year, and actually use that as an amazing value add for current owners out there, current mm -hmm. apartment owners. And this is us going on the offensive with it. Once we have our process figured out, go on the offensive with there. Because a lot of times, you know, the way those owners are reached is just people cold call them to build a relationship. And a lot of times it's, hey, can I list your property? Hey, we should sell your property in 1031. We can do this. There's not a whole lot of value there a lot of times. So we want to create just so much value, so much unique value that builds a relationship. So when they start thinking of doing something, our name pops in the mind and we can hopefully earn their business to help them sell and trade up or solve their solution, whatever it is. And so we're going to do combination of uh, digital marketing with the portfolio analysis and then getting some commercial agents to reach out to them, not necessarily cold call them all day, but really act as an advisors to reach out, get them plugged into the portfolio analysis side, get them resources, show them, hey, we did portfolio analysis in another nearby building. Let me show you this example. Let me get this to you and just be in a great advisor role. So I think over that's going to take a couple years to really build out and start seeing the fruits of it. 
but I'm going to plant those seeds as soon as possible and reap them in a couple of years, hopefully. And when do you think you'll start looking for commercial brokers to join your team? I want to start having conversations in January and February. Nice. Because the, the, the main things we need to do is figure out the portfolio analysis and rebuild our internal system. Those are two key things we have to get in place before we can scale that level. And I got to get this new marketing agency dialed in for their digital ads and get that in the infrastructure as well. But my plan is while we're figuring that out, I want to get the right people on the bus. I talked about this last year and the people that joined us this year, I call them talented people in transition. They are just the, the talent I have right now is just, it's amazing. Like wow. it's show up on a spreadsheet, but in a couple of years, it's going to help us just pop even more. Like that's the thing I can't communicate to people or like can't show on a P&L. Like, you know, talented people, when you have that, Terrence, it's like, oh yeah, it's just- Energizing. It's going to yeah. be an X Fires factor. you up, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, commercial agents, um, experience, not experience, reach out to us once we're having uh, conversations. And I know the commercial world is very much uh, dominated by guys. If you, you know, real estate investing in general is very much male dominated. Right. Commercial is way more. Out of all the commercial deals you've done, how many female commercial agents have you worked with that weren't marketing assistants, that weren't the transaction coordinators. I'm curious if you know. None. I mean, the only one is someone that I've wholesaled with that I've kind of brought up and had her do a bunch of deals with me just because I trusted her. But yeah, yeah. Not, I don't, I've never been represented by a female. But even on the buy or, side, yeah, like no. when people are bringing you deals. Mm, I can't think of one. Yeah. And so, I mean, when I talk commercial agents, but I, I've talked to women over the years. Um, if you have any interest in here, don't be shy. We want, <laughs> we want to grow. I just want talented people and do things a little differently. I actually think Lauren on your team could probably do a really good job at that. She's a killer. I know. She Depends could probably do both. Yeah, she's she doing do a lot. You know. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's the great thing. It's just yeah. open for opportunity on yeah, here. That is. The last thing on the business goal is we mentioned uh, the ride along show. It's evolved. There's a really interesting opportunity that we're working on with Bigger Pockets to start a, like a, a weekly YouTube interview, interview series in the multifamily space, Terrence. And that's part of the reason we are rebuilding the whole studio and we're going to try to produce A plus unique content on there. So we'll talk more details about on that, on that uh, episode with you, Terrence. To round some personal goals here, I actually forgot to wear this today, but uh, two weeks ago, I started putting a rubber band around my wrist because one of my goals was to become a better speaker, a better podcaster. And I started thinking, oh, I'm going to go out there and hire a coach, read a book, listen to a course. And I was like, you know, I don't need to do that right now because all that's going to tell me to do is go listen to my own podcast. I don't need to pay someone to tell me to do that. So after I had that epiphany, I went, I think got a drink or two. And then 30 <laughs> minutes later, just sucked up and listened to my podcast. First one I've listened to all year wow. and just started writing down notes. And I realized the biggest thing I could do before improving was to take away the bad stuff. The word crutches, yeah. the so's, ums, but, I thinks, right. repeat myself sometimes. If I can take that away, so every time I do it, snap the rubber band. And this has worked well for me in the past on just getting rid of those small habits. Take away stuff and then worry about improving. Yeah, you and I both agree on that. We've talked about that multiple times, how we can improve speaking, take away some of those crutches. What we talked about earlier is how do we control the things that we can control and improve in, on those. And so... That is definitely one of them. And I echo that for myself is I want to get better at that, become a more compelling speaker, have better storytelling, you know, all those kind of more artsy things that, you know, speakers, really well-known speakers do. And that's something I think we both want to improve on this next year. And one of the things I'm very excited about is I'm going to have you as my buddy to 
be miserable while I listen to the podcast. Like it's right. not fun to listen to it, but the the reward is so big. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to have it's like a workout, but I'm glad to have someone yeah. to hold me account and say, let's go do this. And that, oh, I'm going to check emails instead of doing this. Like this, hey, suck it up and let's do this. Because it is painful. Listening to yourself talk is super painful. So that is having someone to be there to encourage you is really huge. Wait until we get the videos, then we can listen and watch. That'll be even worse. That's why we're building the bar out so we can can (laughs) drink away our embarrassment. Just another thing is be a better mentor. And this is really geared towards all the people here at the Envision Advisors to clients and something you and I, Terrence, talk a lot about, too, is just, you know, with all the content we do, just doing that scale with people as well. Like, I really enjoy mentoring people. Right. I have mentors now. I've had some incredible mentors throughout, you know, my adult life, actually my whole life, you know, but really focused on some business mentors in my 20s and 30s. And it's helped me so tremendously. And so I enjoy giving back. So become a better mentor, which is just really getting better at and making sure I take time to talk to people and take time to empathize with them and really give them construction criticism with better, more specific action plans. Mm-hmm. Health and fitness, just getting a routine now that I got a heater in the garage. I got to get a pull-up bar in there, a few other things, but just get back into a consistent strength program. Like I said earlier, I, I paused on my strength stuff because I'd like work out, but it would just be not a good workout. And I took time to get my body flexible again and all those little muscles working again, balanced everything out. Now I feel good to go out there and start doing strength conditioning again as well, which I'm really looking forward to because I, I miss that. Last thing is doing masterminding with you, Terrence, and I've been doing it with Joe as well. And and just those two consistent things with you two guys have been uh, a huge help to me in 2020. I want to keep doing that in 2021. That's great. I feel the same way. Last thing I'll end on is I mentioned a few things out here looking for a social media manager, looking for commercial people, uh, also looking for some more ghostwriters. We're looking for agents in the springs. So keep your eyes open for all this. And also... If you guys follow us, like our style, and you see an opportunity, I have written on here a dream job. If you've got an idea or see an opportunity, reach out. I, I, I flipped the script this year. The first thing I look for is talented people. And I say, great, where can I put this person in the organization? Versus, oh, I need this role. Let me go find someone. If someone talented has an idea and it makes sense, cool, let's execute. Worst case, let's have a conversation. And in three months, six months, a year, we can hopefully uh, get something working together on there. And one of the things that's been really impressive as you've grown your business is the incredible talent you've been able to accumulate from your audience. I mean, most everybody that I meet on your team, it's like, how'd you meet this person? How'd you meet this person? Oh yeah, they reached out to me from the podcast. That's incredible. It's a huge asset and you've really put together an all-star team and I think it's going to only continue to grow and, and pay off. So that's awesome to see. Thank you very much. So that's everything I've written. Terrence. That was a lot. I know. Well, got to... It's a lot when you got to think big, right? That's right. So any final thoughts or questions or holes you want to poke in here? For me, what I took away is that 2020 was a really weird year. It took everyone by surprise. And it created a ton of opportunity. And everyone handled the opportunity differently. You know, some people stayed at home, didn't feel comfortable going out, didn't really have much to work on. Other people, like yourself, took the bull by the horns, took advantage of the free time to really double down on your business, on yourself, and created a massive opportunity that's going to pay off for the next multiple years. I think that that's a big learning lesson that I hope people really take away. And the other thing is just having cash reserves. And you and I talk a lot about that is you got to be appropriately conservative. You got to plan for the worst. 
and make sure you have cash in the bank in case things fall apart and people aren't paying, clients are drying up, you know, whatever the case may be. So I love that you did those two things. It was awesome for me to watch from the front rows, seeing you grow your team and your business and really double down on that. Because I think when you started the year, you maybe had two people working for you. Now you have 10, it feels like. Every month I come in here, there's someone new in your office that's a new agent. So that's been awesome to see. I love it. I think that there were some fundamental principles there that you applied that I hope people are listening to and they can take away and apply for themselves. Great. Thank you. All right. So we'll wrap this up. Again, I'm going to write my chapter for the 2021 book. I encourage everyone to go out there and write their goals. So make sure you have that to us by January 15th. And next episode, we're going to talk Terrence's goals. So make sure you listen to that. And last thing I'll say, on if you do contribute to the book, last year, I think we did... On a six or eight interviews with book contributors, Terrence, we did half yeah, a dozen great. or so. That was a lot of fun. Some and I want to do those more. Yeah, some of my favorite interviews last year were from the book. Yeah, where yeah, we just contributors. We just read people's chapters and say, "Hey, let's come on here and ask you some questions and right. and and pick your brains and get to know you." So we're gonna do that again in 2021. So if you do that, there's a chance we'll come on here and get to sit in the new studio and be on the podcast and have Terrence ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you, and we'll see you next episode. Later. Thank you.